Okay, Sarah, my niece Sarah, come on up. Sarah is going on a missions trip to Africa. And she's going to tell you all about that, and she'll be gone for about a month. Okay. Hi. Um, so this Wednesday, I'm going to Kenya for a month um, with Africa Connect. It's a group in the Berkshires, a small ministry, um, who runs a preschool in Kitali near the Tuani slums. Um, so recently they started doing medical missions and a couple months ago they approached me and asked me about going as a nurse. Um, so I started praying about it. This is something that's kind of been on my heart for a while, doing um, medical missions. It's kind of why I went to nursing school. So um, I prayed about it and God started opening doors and just um, you know, showed me what he wants me to do. So that's this Wednesday, if you could keep us in prayer. Thanks. working hello all right um rich isn't here as you know but he is going to speak to us all from uh, home via video hopefully if we can get that working so hope you're all doing great having a great sunday there uh sorry i can't be there with you first of all i want to say thank you for your prayers for me uh it's been a little bit of a trial for me and uh but I definitely can say I, I feel the answer to your prayers. God has given me peace and helping me through this. I'm still in the middle of recovery. That's why I can't be there. The uh, doctor wants me to chill out for another four or five days. And uh, so I will be seeing you again soon. Uh, first, I want to read to you uh, from Acts chapter 13. It says that uh, the Apostle Paul and others, it says they had gone out on a mission, and they came back to Antioch, it says, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work that they had not completed. And it says, on arriving there, they gathered the church together, and they reported all that God had done through them, and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And they stayed there a long time with the disciples. That's Acts 14, 26 through 28. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about what how the trip went to Nicaragua, Central America, and uh, it was just such a blessing to be a part of that. Even though I can't be a part of uh, this day today sharing, I can be a part of it through this video. It still uh, was such a blessing for me to be a part of that team that went down there. The, uh, the goals that we had on going down, I'll just tell you what, what we were trying to accomplish. Uh, our number one goal is to serve and to bless Jesus, to serve and to bless the missionaries, and to serve and bless the people of Nicaragua. Uh, the missionaries that are down there are very important to us. There was a fellow named Greg, a young man named Greg, a young woman named Angela, a young couple named Hector and Deanna, uh, a Nicaraguan young lady named Nubia, and also a, a Nicaraguan pastor named Carlos and his wife, uh, Gabriela. We got to spend a lot of time with these folks and minister to them and encourage them. And, and uh, the second goal of our trip was to uh, outreach and go out and share, do different things that we were able to do. 
The third thing was to do some physical work at the facility there. And the fourth was to reestablish the connection that we have, that we had established uh, in time past. Uh, we would go to this particular location like once a year, and it had been about five years. So to reestablish those connections so that we could go back and, and have future trips and future ministry there. Uh, I want to say, as, as uh, uh, Acts 13 said, we completed that, and, and, and to one degree or another, we accomplished all those goals, and, and as we talked about it the last night before we left to come home, uh, we, we just saw God put things together, and we were blessed to be a part of the whole thing, and, and He helped us to accomplish these goals and to encourage, to serve, and to bless Jesus the missionaries, the people, uh, to do some different kinds of outreach. We got to show uh, two videos in the park across from the facility, and that was a, a blessing. I remember one of the nights, the second night, after the film was over, we showed uh, Raul Reese's film, a Fury to Freedom film. And I remember going out and, and uh, just standing there listening uh, when Hector was sharing with some of the local uh, guys who had sat there and watched the whole film, and I just could see uh, they were intently listening to what he was sharing with them. And, and then Trey, uh, the, the young man who came over from Calvary Chapel of Southbury, who also speaks Spanish, he was sharing with uh, uh, these young men uh, very passionately, and they were just, they were just so intently listening. And, and so I knew that that God was doing something special with some of the outreach we were doing. We got a lot of physical work done, as you'll see and hear about from some of the others that share. And, but I'm, a, I'm especially excited about uh, reestablishing the connections because getting to know these young people that are, that are serving there uh, and, and knowing that we can come back and help and we can really make a difference and we can uh, leave our comfort zones, even though it was pretty comfortable there and they fed us really well, it's still leaving our comfort zones back here in America, going to serve and help uh, the people there in Nicaragua uh, to learn more about the Lord Jesus Christ. And these missionaries are doing all kinds of different things to, to reach young people, to reach people in hospitals, um, to reach people in lots of different areas and, and ways. So. One of the verses that we uh, <clears throat> talked about in one of our morning devotions was found in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 20. It says this, David said to his son Solomon, he said, Be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. And he will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. That was like a verse, not, not just for the folks there, the missionaries, as we were trying to encourage them to keep going and doing what God's called them to do, but for us as well, that, that we need to just be strong and courageous and do the work, and, and that God would bless us and that He was with us, and we saw that, and He didn't fail us, and He took care of us every step along the way, even, even you might say, uh, with this... Uh, problem I'm having with my eye didn't really surface until after we already had gotten home. So uh, that was a blessing. So I was able to do everything that I would have normally done and not been hindered at all up until the very end of the trip and, and uh, that. So 
God has done a great work in, in putting this team together. I'm, I'm so proud of, of the team that we had going down there. Uh, Dan and Alex and Alex and Paula and then the young man from Connecticut, Trey, uh, to be a part of that and then to go and, and become a part of the uh, young uh, people that are serving down there and also Pastor Carlos and his wife. What a, what a sweet uh, man he is and uh, to serve as the pastor there of the church as well as uh, the young uh, folks that are serving all the rest of the ministry, the radio station and, and uh, all the other youth outreaches that they have. Uh, I want to just leave you with uh, thoughts about a young man that we met there. I think he's 14 years old and his name is Christian. And we got to spend time with him. He was there all the time. He, school was out during the time we were there and he would come and and just help us. We did a lot of painting. He, he got right in there with the painting and, and got involved in everything. But there was something about him. He just seemed like a happy kid. And, and uh, we spent some time talking with him. He wanted to practice his English. We wanted to practice our Spanish. And uh, I was talking to him, you know, how big is your family? And he said he had 29 brothers and sisters. And, but yet he was living with his mother. And I guess his they all had the same father, but a lot of different mothers, I guess, is what the story was. But he was living by himself with his mother in uh, a one-room uh, block house, which most of the folks there live in one-room block houses. And, and we, I got to visit. Uh, Paul and I were out walking one morning, and he found us, and we came uh, to his house and, and got to go inside and meet his mother. And, but, but this young man uh, just had a joy about it. Just a happiness about him. He's, and he's, I believe he's one of the interns there. He's, he's learning their discipling. He's, he's learning about how to follow Jesus and to serve Jesus. And, and he just kind of made an impact on me, uh, spending time there working alongside of us. So I'm sure you'll be encouraged by hearing what, what the rest of these, these uh, folks who went on the trip have to say. So God bless you, and I want to say I will see you all very soon, and I appreciate your continuing prayer, and I know that God is faithful. God bless you, we'll see you soon. Okay, um, can you try to get that other video? Well, we were uh, down there, um, the, uh, the missionaries down there put a video together for us, and I don't know how they did it in such short time, but they, they did it in a few hours. And uh, then Rich and I were able to watch it in the van on the way home as Angelina was driving, but uh, uh, it's pretty cool. So um, it shows you some of, the, some of the pictures, and I have another one later that we can see as well. So This is the Rhode Island team one, guys.
Hello, church. Uh, first, uh, thank you all for all the guys that were praying and helped support us to go down there. And um, it was just an awesome time. As uh, This was my first mission trip, and I really I didn't know what to expect, but I was really blown away and blessed. Um, and what I learned down there, what I saw, what I want to share with you guys um, is a few things. One big picture thing, and then a few um, particular things that really uh, spoke to me. Um, but the big picture is just the faithfulness of these missionaries. And Rich mentioned them by name, and I think it's important that we try to remember these guys' names. I mean, they're down there doing a work, and we help support them. We're, we're part of what's going on down there, and we need to remember them. It's Hector, his wife, um, Angela, uh, Deanna, I'm sorry, um, Angela, Nubia, Craig, and Pastor Carlos, and that little baby that you kept seeing in the picture. His name is Nathaniel. He was born there seven months ago, and that's Hector and Deanna's son. Um, what impressed me the most was their simple, just complete trust in God for everything, for all the provision. You know, all the food was just um, given to us by God for them to, to, to feed us with. Um, their direction, their ability, all comes from God, and, and it's like they knew it. There, there was no striving. There was no... Um, I never seen them worry. They never seemed frantic. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't overcomplicate everything. They. Um, there was one night where we were going to show the movie at 6:30, and we had dinner at like 5:45. And it was like, you know, we'll eat. We'll just. We're ready. We'll go over there and get the video started. And I could just, in you know, in my own self, I'm like, that's crazy. We we need like an hour to do that. You know, like I'm getting all frantic about it. And they're just so casual. They just ate their meal. I don't know. It just really struck struck me. Um, ministering or serving as missionaries for them it was just constant it, it, it wasn't like it, it wasn't so much they were like on duty sometimes and off duty other times it was just they were always ministering they were always serving and it was just like so natural for them it, it, it didn't seem forced or, or, or difficult for them they sacrificed the comforts of home to serve God in Nicaragua, and to them it was just so much the picture of a, to me, the picture was just a cup running over. You know, they just sacrificed all the comforts of, of their home, being with their family, and to look at them, you, you know, and these are young people, like younger, than, way younger than me, like teen, 15 years younger, were they 25, 26 years old, to just give up everything here to go serve God there. It was just amazing. And like I said, it was just like a natural outpouring of, of who they were, who God is in them. It wasn't so much labor to them as just, like I said, who they are. Um, I think of 1 Corinthians 6.20. You guys can look there, please. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6.20, For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Everything they did seemed to be put through that filter of bringing glory to God. How would this bring glory to God? Will this bring glory to God? It just for them it just seemed so effortless, <laughs> because it was, <laughs> because they realized this fact that Paul says in First Corinthians six twenty. They were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. So every part of who you are, every part of who they are, was bought with a price, and they're God's now. It wasn't them putting forth the effort. It wasn't them striving to get things done for God. All they were doing is just getting out of the way and letting God do it. Um, and that's effortless. That's what struck me the most is how 
effortless it was for them. Um, so that's the big picture. And a couple, I don't know, I'm keeping track. I got like five minutes. So uh, um, you get that picture? That picture right there. Um, this was one of the most um, moving things for me while I was down there. We were, you walk everywhere there. There's no, uh, you don't really drive anywhere. Nobody has cars. Um, but we walked on a Tuesday night from the compound to a home uh, to have church. And, you know, a 25-minute walk, and it was raining. And as we were walking, um, the group was kind of stretched out. There were some guys ahead, and I was in the middle, and there were some girls behind us. And that little girl right there is Pastor Carlos's daughter, Judith. It's Judith, right? It's not Carmel, right? Yeah, that's Judith. And we're walking, and she's like right along the side of me, and I can't speak to her. You know, I don't speak Spanish, and she doesn't speak English. And I'm just looking at her, and it's raining, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, man, this kid's just walking in the rain. Like, you know, she's four or five years old. Like, it's no big deal. And I'm thinking how grumbling and complaining I would have been at five years old, or even then, you know. Um, and I don't know why. Normally, I'm not that observant. That sh that really spoke to me for some reason. That caught my attention, and and I was thinking about it as we continued the walk. And then when we got there, the pastor did the they did some opening worship. Then they the pastor and spoke uh, opened it up to anyone who wanted to give a testimony. That little girl, before I even finished a sentence, jumped up and wanted to give her a testimony. And her testimony was how she had some kind of leg deformity when she was born, and uh, kids at school were making fun of her. She didn't want to go to school anymore. Her father took it to a doctor in Managua. Uh, they couldn't do anything about it right away. And like two or three days later, traveling missionary doctors came by, and within a few days or a few weeks or whatever, she had her surgery, and she was walking. And as miraculous as all that was, the thing that really struck me was how quickly she jumped up to glorify God for it. That was it. And like, I'm hesitant to come up here and talk to people. You know, it's just a little nerve-wracking for me. And this girl was like just unabandoned, unashamed, praise God for me walking. And that's why God showed me that girl walking that day, why it uh, came to my attention, why I was remembered it, because he wanted me to see that. And he wanted me to see him get the glory for it. Um, one of the other, you know, it was awesome seeing my son Alex worship and, and out there serving God. And, you know, uh, that was a blessing for me that I won't forget. Um, one of the other things was um, in the mornings I'd get up and I'd get up pretty early and um, I'd go out into the common room at the thing, at the conference center, at the uh, missionary center, the facility, whatever you want to call it. And all the missionaries would be out there. And, you know, over an hour, around half the time, they just slowly kind of straggle in. Some of them would be there already and they're just sitting there drinking their coffee, reading their Bibles. And it was so quiet. Like, you said good morning, and, and, and that was it. Um, but basically, nobody was talking. Nobody, it, wasn't like, it wasn't fellowship time. These people, were, they had to read their Bibles, and they'd stop every once in a while, and I'd watch them. And they'd close their Bible, and they'd just close their eyes and fold it, and they'd pray. And then they'd open back up again. I mean, this, this goes on for like an hour and a half, two hours. Like, every morning I was there. Um, and again, that's just an outpouring of Jesus in them, uh, because they were bought with a price. Um, but they seemed to know that they needed that time every day to face whatever God put in front of them. You know, they needed that prayer time. They needed that time in his word to understand 
how to cope and how to deal with whatever, you know, life gave him that day. So uh, thanks again for all your support, and please try to remember for these guys. Uh, remember to pray for these guys. And then again, their names are Hector, Greg, Donna, Deanna, Angela, Nubia, and Pastor Carlos. I still have to read it because I can't remember them all yet. Thanks. Hello. Hello. Uh, I'd like to thank you, uh, everyone, for financial support and prayer. And say I had a great time. Uh, made a lot of friends down there. Uh, there's a picture of friend Christian. Best search mentioned him. Uh, I traded my uh, dress shirt for that shirt he has. Says I heart my Arabian horse. Um, next picture, please. Not that one. There's a picture of me uh, playing soccer before I broke my toe. Uh, they made me play barefoot. Not sure why. But, um, I'd say my favorite part of the trip was probably the food. It was really good. Um, <laughs> and uh, but they asked me if I uh, want to come back in the summer. And um, I'm really looking forward to it if I'm able to go. Um, so it was a great trip and uh, got a lot of work done, did a lot of painting. And uh, thanks again. Um, it became very clear quickly as to, um, you know, when I, when I was going, I, I really was hoping that another girl was going to go, but as the um, first day started to play out, it became very clear that, uh, you know, I had to be there alone. It was important that I was there alone and that every single person who was there, it was exactly the right people who needed to be on this trip. There was... Um, there wasn't a missing link, right? There wasn't any, every single person for every single thing that needed to happen, the right people were there. And um, these young people had been there, some of them for about three years. In, in the beginning of this ministry, you know, um, Leon and Tiffany, we supported them. And, and in going back there, you know, it's been five years since we've been there. And going back there, one of the biggest encouragements, you know, it was just an you know extra blessing that I didn't even think about. As we were giving everyone else a tour of the place, we got to see where we had been five years ago. So many of the projects that had been done, we did. So, you know, just all this stuff, it was just kind of like our fingerprint was still there. Um... And some of these guys didn't really understand that. So for them, for this new group of people that were there, the connections were being made for them that um, we had also invested there, and it, it was an encouragement to them. In, in actual fact, they were very discouraged when we got there. There was um, a lot of things going on under the surface, and they were very discouraged. They had... Um, 
in that time, because Leon suddenly had to leave, and so it was sort of just handed to them. They didn't really know what they were doing. They were just kids. They were trying to please him, please his heart, you know, carry on the ministry in the way that he had. But Leon is like a lightning bolt, um, always going and never sleeps, maybe three hours a night. He's just, wakes these guys up in the middle of the night, calls meetings, does crazy stuff. But he's, they're not him, you know. And so in the observations that I was making, I was just seeing that there were some things, there were some problems, there were some things that needed to be addressed, and that is why one of the reasons that we were there. You know, we made, yeah, we made a huge impact on getting some jobs done that needed to be done. But the bigger job was the invisible job. And, and I think in that, as they were sharing later, you know, at the end of the week, the things that they had seen, their lives had been impacted by the practical things, but they had been mostly impacted by observing us, which um, had encouraged them to carry on. It kind of had stirred up in them that, yeah, you know what, we do have gifts. Yeah, you know what, there's so much potential here. Yeah, there's so many things we could be doing. And it was like our um, desire to serve them encouraged them to the place where they began to get excited again about the work that they were doing there. One of the things that we saw is that um, there was two guys and three women, right? The women there... Um, we're having some problems that I got, had been fully prepared for by God before I got there is the strangest thing. Like I, I, well, I mean, it's not strange, but I had been fully prepared for that when I got there. And just the, just the waiting for the right time, for the right place, the right event, the right <laughs> whatever. But God allowed me to initially spend time individually with each one building relationships so that when the time was right, we were able to address some of those things. And, you know, in Ephesians, it says that um, he raised us up together and he um, made us alive together and he made us sit together. It doesn't say he made you alive. He didn't made you sit. It says us, we, a team together. There's that unity that is supposed to be there. And the discouragement that they were feeling was affecting their unity. Um, but the women had the power to destroy that ministry because of some of the things that were going on. The women had the power to completely destroy the ministry that was going on there. And that was what God had told me I needed to speak to. And in that, um, it was not an easy message to give, but yet, it was the message that was supposed to be given, and it was um, later, you know, as they each came to me and told me that it was exactly what they needed to hear. There was a freedom that was there that wasn't there in the earlier days um, with them, that God had touched their hearts, and they had seen the need, and they understood um, that they really needed each other, that they really, really needed each other. And one of the other things was that they... Um, needed to really discover who they were in that being raised up together and seated together um, in the body of Christ. Each one has a gift. Each one 
And each one's gift is important. No gift is lesser or greater. It's just the gift that God has given you. It's the role that he has called you to fulfill. And in their efforts to um, please Leon, who um, lives in California most of the time, they had not really taken ownership or possession of the land that God had given them. They were there, and they were um, living there, and they were working there, but they hadn't really made it their own. And I kind of want to say that to you guys. You know, our pastor's gone, and it could have just as easily have been a heart attack. Coming home. Could have just as easily been a heart attack. He might be out of here for six months. But what would happen to this fellowship? What would happen to this place? This is not our church. This is your church. We don't own it. You guys own it. You're the people. It's not a building. It's about the people. It's about the people that are there and the gifts that God has given you and the callings and and the things that God has placed on your life. It's not on our life. Yes, Leon and Tiffany had gone there and they had laid a foundation and they needed to build on that foundation and to honor that work that had been done. But yet at the same time, they needed to take ownership. They needed to leave their mark on it. And just like us, we don't know how long we're going to be here. In that ministry that where they were working together, they don't know how many days they're going to be there working together. I've had so many friends come in and out of my life in the last 30 years. People who I have worked closely to, have loved deeply, have walked so closely with, but yet our time is in God's hands. Our time together is in God's hands. You know, I saw that we left our mark there, and I hope and pray that, you know, as the fruit continues to be born in what our trip was there all about, that we, le- we did leave our mark there, but mostly that we left the mark of Jesus there. But your time here, I don't know how long we're going to be together, but God has placed us together. We're here together. We need to understand that together means knit. It talks about being knit together, not just two threads standing side by side. That's not knit. That's just two people doing their own thing. We need to be knit together, working together for a purpose, for a goal, and that goal is to lift up the name of Jesus, to serve him wholeheartedly with our whole lives. And we can't do that by ourselves. Richard can't do that by himself. It's not, he's not called to that. He's called to teach the word. But the church is you. There are so many ministries, so many things that could be going on here if people would take ownership and not hold back. These guys were holding back because they were so afraid of, of dishonoring the work, but yet they were hindering the work because they were holding back. Don't hold back. Don't hinder what God wants to do in your life or in the place where he's called you right now. In 10 years, you might be somewhere else. But right now, he has you here in this place at this time for this purpose. So find your place and serve him so that you might grow and know him more and experience him more in your life. Don't hold back because we don't know how long we have to serve him. Hello. Um, first, I want to thank everybody who, who supported the team uh, financially and through prayer. Um, 
obviously, you know, we couldn't have gone without your, your support, and there were so many people that were so generous. Uh, it, it blows me away. Um, and I've always been the one sitting out there sending, sending others, and I know when people come back, I often wonder, gee, you know, how was... How, how were the prayers and resources that were provided to the trip used, and, and were they effective? And I want to tell you that, <clears throat> from my perspective, they were. In fact, we talked about that in our debrief meeting before we left Managua, about each of the goals that you heard Pastor Rich mention for the trip, and were they accomplished. And I, I think we agree that they were, um, in terms of reaching out and helping, helping the, the missionaries there and the people of Nicaragua. Um, before I left, I had asked for prayer from this group for uh, seeing the hand of God working in this world because I felt that, you know, a great darkness upon this world and it's uh, discouraging to me. Um, and so I didn't exactly see what I was expecting. Um, but one thing is, you know, I did, um, I like to read Spurgeon's uh, daily devotionals and uh, it was very interesting how the theme of those kind of came together with what was going on with this trip. And <clears throat> one of the first ones I read uh, was from Luke 8, and it was the, the par- parable of the, of the uh, seeds in the soil. And um, in, in that, Spurgeon says, Above all, may I feel the power of his Holy Spirit, and then I shall possess an abiding and enduring seed in my soul. And, you know, as I reflected back on that, I think partly what God was showing me was not that I need to see him working in the world. That's not my business. It's not my place to see what's going on in the world. It's, uh, it's what he's doing to me, excuse me. <clears throat> and uh, so, you know, and picking up on what Alex was saying, could you uh, put up a couple of the pictures there? We'll skip the map. Um, yeah, so... Alex was talking about the, uh, the morning devotional time, and uh, that struck me too. You know, I'd get up, and Alex was usually up before I was, and he was, he was sitting there at the table. You can see him there with his Bible or with his, his book, and he was reading and doing his devotions. And the other guys were in the, in the room doing the same, and um, it, it struck me in the way I think it struck him that the, the devotion of people... Uh, to God and the way that they structure their lives was so evident and it was convicting to me. It was also encouraging to me. And I think part of me wanting to go on this trip was um, to try and kickstart myself out of the, the rut that I was in. So th- this to me was very meaningful to, to be a part of that and uh, to enjoy that fellowship with them. Um, so another one of Spurgeon's dailies from 1 Corinthians 3.23, it says, and you are Christ and Christ is God's. And you heard Alex say that too. You know, they belong to Christ, those missionaries down there. We, we do as believers. And Spurgeon says that we should be one whose conduct and conversation are so redolent of heaven that all who see you may know that you are the saviors. And that redolent's not a word I use, but it means fragrant, you know. So it means that we are supposed to be... Um, you know, people are supposed to be able to see and smell and taste Christ in us. And that's how our behavior, our speech, everything that we do is supposed to exude that. And um, so, you know, I can see myself where I've fallen short, and, and this was helpful to point that out. Okay. Um, what's the next picture? <laughs> okay. I'll get to that one in a second. Um, 
another thing that was interesting was, um, you know, Alex said to me one day, he, he was like going from job to job to job and uh, not taking a break. And uh, we were kidding him about it. And he said, idle hands are the devil's workshop, right? <laughs> so, and it was after that, that uh, Spurgeon's Daily again, Second Samuel eleven two, and it was the story of uh, David and Bathsheba. And um, uh, it played right into that. And it was, you know, that uh, because David had all this idle time, he ended up getting himself into trouble. Um, but the idle time, you know, was contrasted because we had this tour of this facility and Pastor Leon took us around and uh, showed us this place. Now, I know that we were part of that and other churches and missions were part of it, but he, to me, seemed like he was the driving force, at least the energy behind building that place. And it was phenomenal. I mean, um, you're working in, in a country that doesn't have an infrastructure. I mean, they do to some extent. They had electricity and they actually had city water. But there's no heavy machinery. And this place, I called it the embassy. I mean, <laughs> it's a compound, walled compound with gates and, and, and concrete buildings. And it's, it's, it's really amazing. They built this stuff. They poured the concrete by hand. They poured the slab for that tower. I think maybe you guys were there when this happened by hand in one monolithic pour. Um, they needed bricks for a patio. They couldn't afford them. So every day after work, they would make a couple of bricks. Now they've got thousands and thousands of bricks, and they're ready to build this patio. It's that type of steadfast determination that I was really struck by. There are no idle hands down there. These people are working, and they're working hard. And <clears throat> so it was kind of a contrast between, you know, I think I'm working hard, and I'm working hard in a secular environment, and I'm working so hard that I don't have time for God. That's the way it's been. That's partly what motivated me to go on this trip. And now I see these people working hard, but they're working hard for God. And we can't all do that, you know, but we can't all do it constantly. But we can do it to some extent, to the extent that we can. Um, this picture here, you know, uh, we're talking about Pastor Leon and his daughters. They, they struck me, too. Uh, little Sarah, this is Sarah. She's five. And uh, her sister Judith is nine. She's the one that Alex was talking about. And then the oldest is Carla, 11. And, uh, but she was, she was just so cute playing hide and seek over there. You know, she, didn't, like, she couldn't speak English, but she was just peeking around the door at me, and it, it really struck me. So, um, the last thing I want to do is show you a video. And I spent um, probably too much time working on it. And it's too many pictures, and they go by about 1.3 seconds per picture. So don't blink. Uh, but. <laughs> It's, it's more about the, the music and, and the song I chose uh, plays into this whole theme of, uh, you know, we're, we're so busy in our lives doing things that um, we, we can get distracted from what's important. So anyway, I hope you enjoy it. Thank you.
did you want to say a few words? Yeah. Um, we want to pray for Sarah. She's leaving Monday, right? Wednesday. Wednesday. was um, one of the girls that was there because of the witness that she had seen in, in these guys' lives. Of, it was that really impacted them that we came over there and did as much stuff as we did. And, and they're very sweet. They're so sweet. These girls are very, very sweet. They're, they just love the Lord, and they, they're just very sweet. Um, was that one of the girls decided that, you know what, I want to go out and be a missionary. It was kind of funny, you know, because she was the Nubia, the one that, that's from um, Nicaragua. She said, I want to go out. And so she's leaving soon to go to Cuba um, to serve the Lord there. So it was just kind of like that little chain thing. And so here's Sarah. Tim and Brenda, you want to come up? What are you going to be doing there? Well, you didn't say what you were going to do. I'm going to be working as a nurse. So we'll be setting up clinics in schools. Um, working with Kenyan doctors and nurse practitioners and basically dealing with a lot of malaria and AIDS and um, just infectious diseases. Um, the area that we'll be in won't have a lot of running water or clean water, so it's a lot of basic um, hygiene care and um, wound care and that kind of thing. So. Will you wear your gloves? Of course, and I'll change them with each patient. <laughs> <laughs> Every other one anyway. Every other one, yeah. Okay, <clears throat> Jim, would you lead us? Sure. Thanks. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we, again, we just thank you for the privilege of, of knowing Jesus personally in our own lives. And uh, we know that you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And uh, that happens by uh, people uh, helping and going and, and doing and uh, as we've just seen with this Nicaragua trip. But we just want to lift up Sarah right now, Lord, and she knows uh, uh, that you have plans for her, Lord, and uh, in her heart uh, you're telling her to go and, and tell others about Jesus, but also help maybe with some of the physical uh, things that people have. And, and that's why you train people in, in different areas, Lord, and uh, thank you that she sought to become a nurse and uh, that are, she put the effort, time and effort into doing that, Lord. And now she's saying, here I am, I'll go. And, and uh, we want to go with her, Lord. And we just want to uh, send her out with our love and uh, provide whatever support we can from here and just let her know that we love her, that you love her, and that uh, she's not alone there, that uh, there, the cord won't be broken, even though she's many thousands of miles away, Lord. We'll be uh, back here praying for her. But we just want to, again, thank you for the opportunity of, of being part of sending someone out. We just want to present these prayers to you as an offering, Lord, that we be sweet-smelling uh, to you, Lord, and that you would uh, you would reap the glory uh, for the work that happens uh, through Sarah's efforts there, Lord. And we just send her out in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.